You are now listening to Pursuit Cast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. So welcome everybody to another episode of Pursuit Cast, and I am sitting here with a special guest, uh, someone who I had admired from afar. I had um, reblogged some of his posts, you know, that'll be a hint to who it is, um, but I'm super honored to sit here with Pastor J.S. Park. Thank you, Pastor J.S. Park, for us hanging out with us here this afternoon. Thank you, and hello, everyone of Pursuit Cast. Yeah, thank you listeners. so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to uh, be with us here. I know yeah. you're here um, speaking at an event, mm-hmm. um, and you're just taking this time to be with us. Uh, so for those who are listening in, um, if you could kind of just share a little bit about who you are so people will get an idea. Sure. Um, I, uh, on my blog, I'm J.S. Park. My first name is June, pronounced like the month June. And uh, I grew up uh, an atheist, actually, mm-hmm. totally against God, uh, no, didn't want faith, hated the faith. And then around college, uh, uh, through a very, very slow process, it wasn't an overnight epiphany, uh, came to faith, uh, came to a coherent uh, Christian um, I guess uh, understanding of who God is, and uh, it was. I grew up to two. I, I, maybe this is like an Asian story, yeah, you know, yeah, of yeah. typical most Asians. But grew up to two poor immigrant parents mm-hmm. who were trying to make it. Um, they had me out of wedlock, and they weren't sure whether to keep me or not. Mm-hmm. Actually, the one before me, uh, they had decided to not keep. Oh wow! And so yeah, I was almost an uh, unplanned kind of an accident, mm-hmm. and so I even grew up thinking that I'm, I'm yeah. a cosmic accident. I had no kind of rational understanding of, of God's plan or anything like mm-hmm. that. So um, uh, grew up uh, to immigrant parents, and then they divorced when I was 14, on my 14th okay. birthday. And that shaped a, a lot of bitterness and bad decisions mm-hmm. and things like that. And so through high school and college, I was running from cops and getting in all kinds of trouble. Yeah, yeah but I think when God got a hold of me, as they say, uh, yeah. like through, through high school, through college, actually it was through college, um, that's when I, I really wanted to turn everything around and say, okay, I've been given this one God-given life. I want to mm-hmm. use it for something right and something good. Uh, not to earn God, but because, you know, we already have Him. Yeah. And so uh, after a long time through college, I spent, oh, gosh, seven years in college. Oh, wow. And then went wow. to seminary pretty late. But then after that, did ministry. I've done pastoral ministry uh, for about seven years now. Mm-hmm. And then right now I'm just writing full time and uh, pursuing, trying to pursue nonprofit somehow. Awesome. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. Awesome, awesome. Um, I know for me, um, I mean, I didn't know who you were, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I've seen your blog posts. You know, that's how I first found yeah. out who you are. Seeing my friends reblog and stuff like that on <laughs> Tumblr. Um, and how did you get started on Tumblr on that format? Um, you know, so. Um, I actually started blogging in high school. Uh, Zang, was it Zanga? You know, I did have a Zanga. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, did, I remember a Zanga. I remember, you remember, you remember MySpace. Yeah, MySpace, yeah, 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 all those things. But I had a blog before the word blog existed. Oh, okay. It was just a simple text HTML website. Because mm-hmm. I asked my friend, is there is there a way I can write my thoughts? And then, since I, I wasn't really... Uh, you know, a Christian or anything like that, I would write really dark, mm-hmm. like pretty ugly things, things yeah. that were on my mind, lots of emotional, maybe self-centered stuff. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to be a writer ever since I was a little kid. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, when I was, as soon as I could learn how to write, 
I would carry around notepads mm -hmm. and make up stories about the things I saw outside. Like I would yeah. see ducks in the pond and I saw one with a crooked wing and I was just like, I made up this story about how like this corporation was throwing toxic waste in the pond and that's uh -huh. why this duck had a crooked wing. Uh, nice. And then the plot twist was it was actually another duck who did that to him. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> but that somehow all the way progressed into around college after um, I had come to Christ, I wanted to use uh, my voice and this blog platform, which was still fairly new then, yeah. uh, for something good and to help others and also, you know, to serve. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a, it's a new world now where we can serve people from great distances, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing just about random Christian thoughts. And even at that time, even though my faith maybe had not been fully formed, I mean, when are we ever there? Right? Yeah. But I was I was saying things about. Uh, doubts that I had and, and kind of like, uh, am I really Christian if I'm still struggling with these things? Mm. You know, things that we don't really talk about yeah. in church. I was struggling with porn at the time and nobody really talked about that. That was mm -hmm. not in the conversation. And then I started getting emails, lots and lots of emails. And then I found Tumblr was a really good way of getting direct messages because it has yeah. that messaging system. And then I started getting maybe a dozen messages a month to a week and mm -hmm. then to a day. Yeah. And I was just answering as many as I could. And I realized we're, we're not alone in, yeah. our, in our doubts and our inner conflicts. And we have so many questions. We don't feel safe to ask in church, but we'll feel safe with the distance of the Internet. Mm -hmm. You know, the Internet's good and bad. Yeah, being the, anonymous. Yeah, yeah. There's some bad things about it. But the great thing is it creates enough distance to where you feel safe enough to ask somebody. Mm -hmm. And then probably I would say around 2010 or 11 is when it was when it just kind of took off. I hate to even say it that yeah. way. It sounds like I'm bragging, but it kind of took off to where, where I was getting lots of questions. And in a way, I was almost serving like a, a second church. Yeah. I had like a second ministry. A second pastor. Yeah, yeah. So I was very honored to do that. And even to this day, I still answer as many questions as I yeah. can. Yeah, even, even this request, right? Yeah, yeah, here. there you go. That's awesome. I mean, just... I mean, how, how, did, how did that make you feel to know that you're just being honest? I mean, I think that's one of the things that's really appealing and magnetic about what you write are Thank the you. questions and the Praise thoughts God. and struggles that, like you said, everyone has them, but they don't feel safe to have it. Um, but how did you feel that when you're being honest and being open that it just, I don't know, I guess snowballed into what it is today? Yeah, you know, I, I don't, uh, there's nothing in my mind that goes... Uh, I better be honest. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't. I don't physically, consciously mm, think good. that. I think it, it's just that's kind of part of always been what I, I felt was was part of me or God had put in me mm -hmm. in a sense. I think there's a lot of fear though. Yeah. Because uh, when you start writing those things, I think I don't mean to demonize or or throw the church community under the bus, but I I do think the church culture can be. Uh, can be very hurtful and almost Definitely. polarized when there's honesty. Because mm. it, it's like if you have doubts, people are like, do you have unconfessed sin? Yeah. Is there something wrong in your life? You know, And then yeah. we, should we pray for you? You know, Why don't you read more Bible? And there's that kind of instant response, not because they're bad, but maybe they don't have the mm. right thing to say or they've never been through it themselves. And so I found that when I, and I, when I write to answer your original question, I think uh, part of that is, um, I, I was trying to say, I think, what I always felt about the Christian faith. Mm. And I started to find lots of people felt the same yeah. way. You know, lots of people had questions about, you know, if I doubt, does that make me a quote-unquote bad Christian? Mm. You know, if, if I don't like certain things of the church, does that make me a hater? You know? Mm. 
And so I found that a lot of people had those questions, and it's not that they wanted to leave the church, it's not that they had gone prodigal, they just wanted a coherent uh, faith that was undergirded by, you know, yeah. by grace. And, and I think in a place where there is honesty, and then there's the grace in response, mm-hmm. uh, people get set free yeah, f- from, from lies that uh, they have in their hearts, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think um, there needs to be that space, definitely. whether it's the internet or in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, by the grace of God, both yeah, would yeah. be great. I mean, I, mean yeah. I feel like, you know, as you are working through this and, and finding this, this, this audience, you know, uh, reaching people that it's definitely an opportunity and an invitation for the church to be the church. You know, I yeah. mean, that's what I'm thinking here. It's, you know, church should be the safest place, you know, the realest place where you can be. Absolutely. Um, but often it hasn't been that case. And, and, and you are helping to serve that, you know, through the yeah. internet. So. You know, I have to say, I, I don't think, and again, I don't want to say like, the church culture got it wrong yeah. or that I have it right. There's, not, there's yeah, no feeling like that. I mean, my, my heart breaks and really grieves, I think, yeah. for the, the church in a sense, not in like a snobby way, mm-hmm. but like, gosh, I really wish there was a space of honesty where mm-hmm. people could talk about it. And, you know, it could just be because when you go to church for a while, you feel almost like you know everyone. And if you confess something or you yeah. talk, talk to your, with your pastor, you might get strange looks or a kind of a, a like, a, oh my gosh, you know, response. Yeah. And so I don't want to say that, oh, they're coming to me, the people who are rejected. You know, it's yeah. not like that. I don't, I don't have a Messiah thing going yeah, on. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, I think this can be an addition to the church community. Definitely. You know, yeah, that there mean, can I be mean, that the, third I mean, space. I feel like with, with me and, and the ministry mm-hmm. that God has, has given me to steward, I mean, that's what I'm seeing is just the power and being honest and being vulnerable yep. where, you know, Jesus really meant it when he said that his power is made perfect in weakness. You yeah, know, there you go. it wasn't like a fortune cookie or a Twitter thing. It's just he, it's true. Like he really meant it. And, yep. and it's true. And and um, yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome to see that. And, and I believe that's the shift that God is Take, doing in the church, you know, where I believe so. the the religion wearing the mask, wearing having a wall up, like God is demolishing that through people's honesty, through vulnerability and weakness and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, back to to writing. Um, sure. Uh, you know, for me, I've tried to write, and and it takes me a long time to get inspired. I feel like yeah, it, yeah. it comes in a way. But for someone um, like you, who who is a, a writer full time, mm-hmm. and 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 I see your posts, it's like man, nuggets of gold and truth and stuff like that. Where do you personally find your inspiration in writing? You know, I, I feel both uh, maybe lucky and blessed, or maybe that's the same thing. Uh, I feel very blessed that people ask me questions that I would have never considered to ask. Mm. And so part, I feel blessed because part of the inspiration is coming from very real questions that people mm. have. And so and sometimes I almost feel like, Gosh, am I am I cheating a little bit by doing this? Because yeah. you know the sparks coming from a direction that I might not have sat down and said I have this problem, but I hear someone else, and then I, I try to think of how would how would Jesus have answered this, which is a very Christianese yeah, thing yeah. to say, but at the same time, that is I believe he's he's all wisdom, right? He's all grace, and I would think how how would Christ have answered this, and then I, I think for their situation and their timing uh, where they are. How can I meet them where they are and help them up? You know, I just feel like I'm the hand extended downward to where they are in the dirt. And I think the other thing with, with writing, I mean, writing is hard. Yeah. I, I don't know many people who, if, if 
anyone's listening who wants to be a writer or who wants to blog and stuff, I, I don't meet too many people who like have that itch to want to write all the time. It's mm -hmm. very difficult. I think it is a calling. I yeah. think it is part of a divine gift. But I think to be inspired to write requires just a lot of talking with people, a lot of real mm -hmm. conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it requires even, uh, especially for Christians, going outside the four walls of the church, mm. seeing what's out there. And I think the more that I see, the more that God puts on my heart to write. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the best way I can put it, yeah. yeah I, I feel like, um, kind of going along with everything we're talking about, I think what you're able to bring out, and, and, I, and I feel like even the writers that I gravitate to personally are those who get the human side of things, yep. you know, who get the heart and soul uh, that... You don't spiritualize it, but you're real. You know, you get down to the nitty gritty yeah. of what it means to be human, what it means to want and long and be broken, and yeah. and, and all those types of things. And and I, and I and I definitely agree. It's a gifting and a calling, and also a discipline. I feel like because I don't think I have much <laughs> of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you shared earlier that you know you were an atheist turned pastor, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a long process. Uh, what what were some of the things that helped? Um, I guess milestones in that process for you that that happened. Yeah, I think um, I think as far as when when I tell that kind of story, it's hard to pick like any one moment where I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, this was the exact moment where I had like an overnight thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And so I, I usually tell people it was a long process. I think there are some friends that I have uh, Christians who kind of overnight. Just, you know, they found God and things changed and it was the word we use, conversion. Yeah. But for me, it was like uh, when you read C.S. Lewis's autobiography, uh, Surprised by Joy, he says, I came to Christ uh, reluctant, kicking and screaming, <laughs> looking for every avenue and escape. And that's how I felt. I think, yeah, yeah I think um, the number one thing, though, was not an argument. It wasn't any apologetics, not against those things. Uh, yeah. we, need, we need scholars, of course. We need theology. But it was seeing uh, Christ embodied and, I think, living through people uh, in the church who I looked at those kinds of people who weren't perfect, but they were really passionate about the life of Christ, about the breath of Christ always being through them, mm. where I was like, this is not natural. Yeah. This is impossible, except for there must be a divinity. There must be a pulse of a supernatural in them. And the more I saw them, it was like their life didn't make sense. But if they believe what they believe, it did make sense. Mm. You know, and, and I was like, I want that. I want a life that doesn't make sense, but does. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so when I saw that, I, I almost went backwards. I didn't look at the apologetics. I looked at their life first. And then I extrapolated back through what's the reason mm. for their hope and their faith. Yeah. You know, and then after I, I, I kind of saw the intellectual side of Christianity, that was almost like the final nail kind of thing. Mm. And so, but that's why I tell people it's so important. If you have a friend like that, it's going to be hard to win them over with arguments and debates. And I don't think that's the way to go. Yeah. It's helpful. Um, it can be sort of scaffolding or a framework. But the important thing is uh, not perfectly, but passionately living out mm. Christ. And others will see that it's a miracle that's happening. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's powerful. I mean, I think as you're sharing, the, the, the thought that comes to my mind is that, you know, faith isn't always a transaction. Yeah, right, it's, right. It's a process, you know. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's the building it. up to, and yeah, that's powerful. Um, what would you say to, I guess, young leaders out there? So as someone who is uh, a pastor yourself and have heard different people's stories and, 
and have walked through you know that that process of faith yourself um what would you say to young leaders that might be listening right now or oh gosh you know i'm glad you asked me this question because when i was this makes me sound old but when i was a younger leader um my mentality was very westernized kind of american model of success Um, Mm. uh, when you when we watch guys like uh, the Passion Conference, like Louis Giglio or Matt Chandler, or mm-hmm. you know you, Francis Chan. Sometimes we see these mega churches and these speakers. We get the idea that a bigger platform means success, mm-hmm. and that's a very—I hate to say it this way—but it's it's almost a worldly model of success where we think acclaim and uh, household name is is uh, finally my life is there. Yeah, and I would tell younger leaders because I've been through this too, to not want to rush toward or be tempted by thinking success means a big platform. Mm, uh, oh, I have so many followers, or uh, my Twitter you know, yeah, account, yeah. or all these things. I, I, you know, and I, I say that as a person who cared about that mm-hmm. and was conceited about it. Yeah. I say that, I'm confessing now, I'm saying this not because I got it right, mm-hmm. but because I struggled with it so much. And uh, I would tell young leaders, even if they have, let's say, five people in their ministry, they're doing youth ministry, or they're kind of doing the Sunday school. Yeah. That's their people. That's who they're called to love. Um, they might, yeah, they might be difficult. They may, might be hard to love. They might be daydreaming of a time where oh, I don't have to do this. I'm going to have my big church one day with a thousand people. That's going to kill their ministry mm. because you never know what God is doing to those five people. What kind of seeds that God could be planting. That's good. And I had to get my head out of uh, constantly putting a hologram over my current life. You know, like the future hologram of like, oh, this is where I want to be. I kept thinking of this awesome version of myself, yeah. and I, I had I broke away from it. And so I would definitely tell young leaders not to get discouraged where they are. There was a time when I was in ministry, and for two years, every Friday, I preached to three kids. Mm. One of them was 11. Uh, one of them was 18. I think the other one was like 14. Mm-hmm. All and over I, the place. Yeah. And I preached two years, and part of me felt like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, that's honestly how I felt. Yeah. I, I know that sounds terrible. It is terrible. But part of me was like, I shouldn't be here. I think I could preach, you know, to thousands, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- all those crazy thoughts. But every Friday, and not that this makes me better than anyone, but I would just bring, like, hour-long sermons, you know, and I would say, you know what? If I have three kids, I'm going to preach my heart out to these three as if I'm in a stadium. That's awesome. Because God has given me this little bit. He's trusting me with this much. And if this turns into a thousand people, great. Yeah. If it doesn't, I'm going to serve these three kids. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to bleed for them. It's powerful. And um, those, you know, those three kids even now have grown in faith. And I'm, I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud yeah. to see them grow up. And for me, let's say after those two years, nothing else happened and I went to heaven, I would be happy. Mm-hmm. I, I did my part in my little corner of the universe. So to young leaders who are... Who are are not like blowing up like they think they should or going viral. That's not the important thing. Mm, The the important thing is the one-on-one, face-to-face, side-to-side ministry. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. I mean, just thinking about how God looks at our life. You know, He judges us not by our success, but our faithfulness. That's right. And if He's called us to be faithful to three, then, you know, He's going to call you to that faithfulness, whether it's three or 3,000 or 300,000. That's the faithfulness he, He calls us to. Um, on the flip side, what, what would you say to the young leaders that are, let's say, blowing up? You know, like, <laughs> uh, as someone I'm sure who's seen, you know, I'm sure you were shocked when you're getting like 10,000 reblogs on something you put and, and, yeah, and you've reached, yeah. you know, not to say you've reached it, like you said, we don't want to say that we've arrived or anything like that, but to, let's say, young leaders who are in that place of, wow, things are really happening, things are really blowing up. 
as someone who's been there yourself, what would you tell to those leaders who might be on the other side of that? Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, um, I think the Christian answer is to stay humble, uh-huh. you know, to stay faithful to God, uh, to remember where everything uh, comes from. Uh, you know, every, every perfect gift is from him. I believe that's uh, James 1 um, or James 3, I'm sorry. Uh, but I, th- I think um, maybe the practical answer would be to never stop uh, being excited mm. about how God is working through you. That's good. You know, because I think there comes a point where we start to either believe our own hype or we get jaded mm. and everything becomes a little bit shallow. Yeah. You know, because the, the more people that you're working with, you have less time, you're dividing yourself, and uh, there's a frantic busyness about it. And you're trying to make everyone happy, and then everyone, every, you know, to use a word you use, everything starts to become a transaction. You're wondering, what do these people want from me? They're yeah. working an angle or an agenda. And I, I think everything can become mechanical and business like very mm. fast. And for me, I just never want to stop being excited and joyful about what I'm doing. That's good. You know, the fact that anyone would even take time to read anything I've written. It makes me emotional every day. Yeah. I, I'm blown away every day. I wake up more, every morning thinking, thank you, God, that I even have a voice that people even care to hear about. You know, and if I don't, if I don't think that, if I just think, of course you should read it. You know? Yeah. you know, not that people are actively thinking that. I mean, it's more subtle than that. But there is a state where you, you can fall into that, believing your own hype a little bit. And for me, if anybody buys a book, if anybody reblogs something yeah. I've written, I'm just like, I can't believe somebody would do it's that. Good. Yeah, so... For me to see uh, the change in people, to see see the impact or the conviction, mm-hmm. like isn't it crazy we can put together a string of words and then somebody's life changes? Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's like the, it's only something God could do, mm-hmm. right? And I think for me, I'm like I can't believe that I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, and and I, I for young leaders who are blowing up, I hope they they never forget that. I hope I never forget. It. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean. I feel like as leaders or as ministers, we're always trying to get to the next level. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. you do a conference, you get X amount of people. You're like, all right, let's get to the next level, which is more people or greater yeah. production or more performance. And, and, and I felt like that was something God was telling me uh, of to strip away like with this ministry. It's so easy to get caught up in the numbers or yeah. and, and all these t- different things where... Um, personally, like I just, I'm just trying to keep that vow myself. Where, like you said, whether I'm preaching in front of ten people or ten thousand people, to go in with the same heart, the same passion, the same willingness to, you know, just put my life out there and just point to Christ. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, just sharing, um, you know. But I've had people give, you know, financially to this ministry. Yeah. And yeah. and I remember one time someone, and I got an email saying that so and so written a check for a certain amount, and and I got an email uh, just letting me know it. And I remember like like getting wrecked in my car, you know, like <laughs> driving. And, and yeah, I know yeah. it wasn't like a huge amount, like, yeah. you know, like it wasn't something crazy. But, and, and, and I remember praying like, God, I, I don't want this to ever, I never want to get to a place where I get an email like that and I say, okay, and throw my phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. But, like I want to have a heart where even at a, even a smaller amount, I want to be just as wrecked because I want to see you moving in this, to see you in that. And you sharing that just reminds me of of that vow that that I want to keep to the Lord of just yeah. you know wanting to celebrate everything, be thankful about everything, and just cultivating that softness of heart to the Lord. You know, yeah. so thank yeah. you for uh, reminding me of that as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, just transitioning here mm-hmm. um, at Pursuit, um, our vision is revival or bust. That's <laughs> our vision, where we we want to see God bring revival. 
not hype, you know, not performance, not an event, but genuine revival where God, where the hearts of people turn to Christ, you know, mm -hmm. from the church and then outside, you know, and just wanting to see that take place in a region. And we really want to see genuine revival. Um, personally, how would you define revival, that term? Yeah, wow. You know, yeah, there's a lot of baggage and misuses and, and all these different things. Yeah, and, I mean, there's probably so much to say about it. But I think to narrow it down to maybe even just one facet or one aspect of revival, I, I, I think revival, some people have a vision or an idea of it where people are like glory is breaking out mm -hmm. and people are on their knees crying and, and screaming. And that's maybe the, the churchy version yeah. of it. I, I would say long term, I, I would say a breakout of long term fruitfulness mm. is, is revival. Um, I want to be careful saying that, though, because I think some people think, oh, you're talking about uh, uh, you have to earn God by doing stuff. And I'm not, I'm not saying that mm -hmm. at all. I, I, what I'm really saying is that people are so overwhelmed and overtaken by what God has done through his son that uh, in their own lives that they would, in a sense, become an extension of his hands and feet. Mm. You know, and, and it's, it's long term. Yeah. I've, I've seen people who they can really act like they've been revived. And it's not even an act. I, th I think they really do believe that they are following Christ for six months or even to a year, two years. And then they just kind of go off the deep end. And maybe they either really weren't revived or they had an idea of Christianity that was almost like a, the weak strain of a flu virus, you know, yeah. but it wasn't really it. Um, but when I see people actually catching revival, it's less emotional and more passionate. Mm. And there's a, that's, a, that's a very subtle yet important distinction. Mm. You know, they're in it for the long haul. Yeah. I'm going to run the marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And so that momentum, I, when I see real revival, let's say out of 100 people that looks like revival's happening, could be just five. Yeah. You know, where re revival has actually broken mm -hmm. out, where, where glory has come down. And so that sounds very cynical. I'm, I'm uh, sorry. No, I'm making no, it sound no, no, a little no. pessimistic, but I think uh, real revival will be evidenced by people actually digging their heels in mm, and, and saying, I'm going to toil and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plow for the Lord wherever he has yeah. called me, whatever he's called me to do, even if it's inconvenient and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm serving God, I'm serving people, and I'm going to stay and it's not going to be, it, it's, it's going to be emotional, sure, but yeah. it's going to be born and um, it's going to be motivated by passion. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think another way to define the passion you're saying, I would say, mm. is devotion. You know, like if I think of yes. a parent, you know, waking up in the middle of the night to go tend to their baby, they're not doing it because <laughs> they're emotional, you know, right, right. but they're devoted. You know, yeah. They're passionate about the well-being of, of their child. And, and, and I think for us at Pursuit um, with Revival, it's like you're saying, it's digging your heels in, uh, planting our roots, go deep, you know, yeah. um, where we want to marry ourselves to this region to say, we're, we want to see revival and nothing else, whether it's in our generation or the generation to come or, or, the, or, the, or the one after, we're, we're sowing seeds so that they could, you know, reap the harvest, the fruits of what God wants to do here. Yeah. Like you're saying, to see that fruitfulness, not just for, for our generation, but for, for those to come, you know, yeah. that if we want to see fruit just for us, then we're not really sowing seeds, you know, like yeah. it's for the long haul, for the, for the roots to go deep. Yeah. Um, so when you share your your heart and your vision, it it, it pumps me up honestly. It, <laughs> it fires me up to to awesome. go deeper, you know, to, yeah. to really plant deep and 
be committed and devoted and, and rooted deep, you know? Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Um, as you wrap up, the question I've been asking everyone I, I interview is, is, you know, how do you best connect to God in this particular season that you're in? Um, um, you know, how do you connect with the Father? How do you hear from Him? You know, what, what, what are you doing in this season yourself um, to just connect with God? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of probably Christianese answers I could mm-hmm. give, you know, like like the four cornerstones, like yeah. praying, evangelism, Bible reading, those, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of answers. I think um, every season has a different need almost mm-hmm. where intellectually, emotionally, uh, we need to be filled up in different ways. And I think it seems almost, this sounds like maybe bragging, but it seems almost intellectually, I've heard Christianity in almost every way possible. Mm-hmm. And there comes to a point of saturation where when you hear a sermon, you already know where it's going to go. Yeah. There's a little bit of jadedness, and I, I get scared of that because I'm like, oh, no, what if, what if I'm tapped out on this? And, and, but, which I don't think is true, but I think there is a season where there needs to be a more either emotional or maybe a, a not, I want, I want to be careful I say it, but a non-intellectual component mm-hmm. to faith almost like being moved in the spirit where words can't reach. Mm, and so lately, yeah, I've been, I've been listening to a lot of praise music lately. Mm. And I, I listen to praise music quite a lot. I am a sermon junkie. I listen to about 12 hours of podcast a week. Oh, wow. Just sermons. A lot of Tim Keller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think lately I've kind of put that on the wayside and I've just been listening to praise and singing in the car and kind of having it on at home and I think I, it's some, I'll turn on a praise song and, and I'll think, man, it's really good to worship. Mm. You know, it's really good to connect to God through singing. There's something in our spirit that stirs up when we sing or when we worship in a different way. Even, even in church, when, when a sermon can't reach someone, maybe a skit or a dance mm. or, or some kind of spoken word poem can. Yeah. And so there's different arts and there's different venues in which I feel like this is where God is speaking to me. So lately, um, I've been... I guess I've been doing more of the praising, yeah, more yeah. Of, of worship songs, and that's been really reaching me, and that's kind of been my way of reaching God in this season. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, where can people find more information about you, your writing, your oh, books? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a main blog. It's jsparkblog.com, and then my Tumblr is jspark3000.tumblr.com. Okay. Uh, and then uh, my books are on Amazon and uh, barnesandnoble.com. So if you just type in JS Park, that's where my books are at. Cool. So yeah. for those of you listening, you could check out those websites. We'll post up all the links and stuff like that as well. But um, you could go there to find out more of his writing and and just read the Tumblr post that we're talking about <laughs> here. But uh, thank you so much, Pastor JS, for hanging out with us yeah, and just you, sharing sir. your heart and, yeah. and your wisdom with us. Thank you so much. And thank you to all those are listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.